Here he is. How you doing, all right? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Ah, oh, we're very well. Hey, you better be smiling while I'm with you, Peace. big man. What's going on, baby? What's going on, hey, Bosky? I'm, I'm unemployed. I've got nothing to smile about. Hey, listen, don't watch that because <laughs> don't watch that, yeah, because I'm going agent mode today, cuz because oh, I'm cool, trying cool. to get you to wick him out here. You think anyway, say no. <laughs> you think it's joke. Have you passed it to my feet? Because you know I can't run no more in that. All right. Mate, we'd 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 be a great team though. All right, you already now. know, say nothing. All right, where we stop. Yo, hello and welcome to the Super 6 Podcast. It's your boy, Andy Barak in Fenway, and I got my girl, LW, over there. <laughs> hello, episode number nine. I can't believe it. It's just flying by, Jeez, isn't it? Yeah. Um, first thing we need to do, because it's the first episode of Lockdown 2.0, we have to assure you that everything in terms of uh, government guidelines is being adhered to. We're socially distanced as much as we possibly can. The powers that be at Super 6 Towers have made sure of that. Yes. Should we chat about you, Bio? Me? Yeah. No, you you walked in, you hobbled in here today. I rolled in today. <laughs> oh my days, it should be illegal to Can, feel this bad. You, the last three, right, for Wickham? Yeah. Unbeaten, a draw, yes. a win, a win. Yeah. You're back involved, yeah. full 90 minutes for you. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all down to you because there are 11 members of the team, but Bio, you're obviously a difference, right? Yeah, listen, I, I, I say um, that. I think the way I play and the way the Wiccan play, I've, I've been there, this is my fourth season now. So, of course, we know how I play, how we play. Mm. Um, and look, I know what I bring to the team. Also, I'll say that we was growing. We was growing into this league. I, I, I said at the beginning that it was either we was going to hit the ground running with the momentum or we would just kind of have to acclimatise ourselves to the league. And I think that's what has kind of happened. We've realised that we can compete in this league and and that's what's happened. So long may it continue, but I ain't going to lie. Days like these make me question, do I still want to play this game? Because I said it should be illegal to feel this stiff and this bad after a game. Um, but getting three points makes it worth it. Look, it's amazing for you guys because getting promoted and coming into the championship, which is notoriously a difficult league, hard league, lots of games as well, like lots of lots of game time. You're now getting points and that must just be such a relief. The pressure must feel like it's lifting. Yeah. Listen, I think that not maybe we lost our way a little bit in the sense where you know, every game's a big game. So maybe we started just to come away from, you know, our cause mm. and what our culture was a little bit. And I guess we've gone back to that in a sense where, look, if we have to ruffle some feathers, so be it, you know. We are the small Wickham in this league and there's no getting around it, you know, and we are the underdogs. I don't think there's one game where we're going to be favourites. And I think maybe, not that we're feeling sorry for ourselves, but we came away from that a little bit. And recently in the last, three weeks we've gone back to you know what it's going to be us against the world um, and we'll enjoy that so long may it continue um, us picking up points but other than that how you been you been good I've been good I've been good I've been busy uh, cracking on with life just as I always am I'm looking forward to today you know why you know I'm not yeah yeah I already know you know this I already know I already know we have Uh, a a special guest very special guest before we talk about Arsenal because I know you know I'm a Liverpool fan and word on the street is you're gonna go interview my guy Mo Salah. Yeah, is that true? Listen, when it's you, true. You're gonna meet. Yep. Yeah. A, a Zoom call. A Zoom call. So when you interview him, just tell him this. Yeah. Beast mode over here said, I think he's beast mode. That's what you need to say. So you think he's beast mode? Yeah. Say he's beast mode and from bring, one beast to another. One beast to another, mm. and bring home the win against Man City. And bring home the win. Yeah. I'll do it for you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Of course. All right. So we've got it. We've got it on tape. If you don't, there's going to be consequences. I don't want to feel like I'm intimidating or threatening you, but there will be consequences. I can't take you seriously. You like I can't take you. You're too, you're too soft. You're still I know, too soft. I know. You know what? I have to do it because after I didn't do it at Jurgen Klopp, I still feel guilty about yes, that one. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'll do it for you. I'll All do right. it for you. And cool. What happens if he goes, who's that? I, would you tell him what? I'm going to find him. I'll tweet him and I'll send him a message. I'll be like, big time. <laughs> That's cool, you don't have to know me, I'm cool. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. A very special guest. I'm super excited about this uh, to announce our guest this week. We're so grateful that he's joining us. He's got a spare bit of time on his hands at the moment, so we're, we're lucky that we can uh, get a little bit of that. It's Jack Wilshire. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, guys. What's going on, brother? Beast, how are you? Yeah, I can't complain yourself. 
Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Do you know what I love the most, yeah? I just love how he's chilling, yeah? Yeah, I just see all the England caps behind him. You see I know, that? I know, It's notch. It's light work. It's light work. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jack, um, first of all, everyone wants to know how you are, what you're up to, what's going on at the moment? Uh, yeah, first of all, I'm good, thanks. Um, it's different for me. Like I've never been in this position. Uh, what am I doing? I've, I've got a, a training regime that I've been sticking to. It's getting a little bit boring now, doing it on your own. Especially, well, to be fair, I was actually doing it with a, a group of lads, um, a group of friends, a few people that I know. And obviously now, with this new lockdown, it's only one-on-one. So I'm back to uh, running in the park on my own with my dog. Mm. Uh, just trying to trying to stay fit and ready for when I get the chance. Hey, listen, I'm not even, I swear to you, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. But you see right now, yeah, Wickham's, I'm beating him free. Let me just throw that out there for the world to know and that, you know what I'm saying? So Wickham, you don't need me? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> we know how tough this championship is. I beg come down to Wickham. I literally think, you know, I've been watching you for years. And I literally think your link up play with the big man, because you know I can't really run, so you'll find my feet. I'm telling you, I think we'll smash the champ. Oh, mate, listen, I'm telling you, you don't need me. I've seen you lot play and you got out League One. Surely League One is, I mean, everyone says League One's so tough to get out of. It must have been, you've look, done it. Look, I've only, like I said, I've only started three games in the champ and League One is mad intense. The one so what thing... you're telling me, what you're telling me is the three games you started, you haven't lost. I listen, I listen, the work, I see how you picked that up in it and I don't <laughs> want to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Listen, toot, toot. No, no, listen. Come on now. We was, we was performing before I got back. I just kind of put the little extra little something, something in there. But what I find is with the champ is just mentally... It's like, you know, the lower leagues, you've got teams where, and I'm not disrespecting nobody because Wickham was one of them, where you feel like, you know what, we know we're going to get three points, you know, on this. Yeah. Whereas in the champ, it ain't. Our last yeah. five games is Watford, Sheffield Wednesday, Birmingham, Nottingham Forest. So it don't get no easy, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's what I found with the champ mentally. It's it's crazy. Do you know what I quite like is that um, Jack's come on and he's interviewed you. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's that's mad. He just flipped it on me. He's, he's like, enough slick. about me. What he about you? He's slick. We're going to get back <laughs> on him right it. here. Can I just say, Jack, I think I speak for pretty much everybody who watches football when they say that I can't believe that you're a free agent in the moment. You're, what is it, 28? Yeah, 28. So 28 years old. I'm an Arsenal fan, obviously, so I'll always hold a candle for Jack Wilshere and, and want to see your career go from strength to strength. So what is it that you're looking for? What what do you want the next move to be? Well, you know what? Like, I haven't played in... I mean, I played a few games, but not enough. Mm. Like, especially last year after the, the lockdown, I, I came back, I was fit. And I just never got a chance. And uh, I, I understood that it, we was in a a relegation battle and sometimes there's not a place for a player like me, you know, who wants to get on the ball. We're just searching for points, trying to stay in games. We had like, we played against four of the top six in the last, the last eight games or something. So I understood and then I thought, you know what, I'll go have a couple of weeks off, uh, come back in pre-season and start again, try and get in and I had a conversation with the manager and it, it wasn't going to happen. So, I'm happy with how, how things worked out and, and now, I'm in a position where I can actually pick what I want and where I want it to be rather than, you know, I've said it before, unless you're in a in a top or maybe top six team in England, you don't have the ball. Like a team like West Ham, it's no disrespect. And then there's a lot of teams like that. But, you know, when they go into games, it's not about dominating the ball and and that's the type of player I am. So I wanna I wanna play for a team where we're Majority of the time, listen, I know you have to defend and that's that's football, but the majority of the time I want to be on the ball and, and trying to make things happen. So, you know, I, I've said it loads of times, I'm open to everything. I'm open to MLS, Europe, anything. And I just want to pick the right one with a good manager. All right, so so I'm hearing you talk, in it, And so, of course, you're a baller. Ball player, love to express. You come alive with the when the ball's at your feet. I get all that. So are you at a stage where you're right now, like, look, 28, it's crazy that you're still 28 because I feel like you've been in a game for so long that you should be older. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm even, that's how much, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you bust on the scene when you was a kid, kid, and you've just been here ever since, ever present. So what I'm trying to find out now is, are you at the age of 28, like, look, 
not that you're not going to try and adapt your game. You're just going to be like, listen, I can pick and choose. I want to enjoy my football. Is that what you're looking for now to get to a club where you're enjoying your football? Yeah, well, I think the good thing about when I went to West Ham is with the manager they brought in, Pellegrini, he tried to to change it to to become a team who had the ball. And it, and it I mean, well, clearly it didn't work out for him. But And, and also I've learned that yeah, I went to Bournemouth as well. And Bournemouth was a little bit different because they had a manager who who wanted to try and play. And he did. We we played a lot. We had a lot of the ball. And I had a, a really good year there. But when I, when I signed for West Ham, I didn't realise it would be how it was. And yeah, I think with all my experience now, I'd be silly to to go and sign for a team who who are in a similar position to West Ham. Where, because at the end of the day, like I said, when there's a, a relegation battle... Teams just want to stay up. They want to nick a point, nick a goal and try and defend. And that's not the, the type of player I am. So I think, yeah, I want, I'm at the point now where I want to just enjoy my football, get a smile back on my face, play 25, 30 games a season and, and really have an impact on the, on the team. I get you, yeah. Okay, then, so Wickham's not the club for you. I just want to let you know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. As much as I love you and that, you know what I'm saying, Wickham ain't the club for you. <laughs> like you said, you don't need him at the moment. Wait till you need him. Um, what about the, the Hitchin Town hit you up on Twitter? Fancy that Hitchin's where I'm from, man. I love Hitchin, and I was actually going to go train with him, but they train on 3G, man. I can't, I can't be training <laughs> on 3G. <laughs> I hear that. Can I like take you way back? So, so can we do the Arsenal days? I'm dying to do the Arsenal days. I've been sitting here patiently, and I just want to talk about Arsenal. If that's all right with you, because like even when we bring it up, you must still the the, the really really early days when you when you started at Arsenal. And when you were coming through and you were just this, like, you were this prodigy, really, weren't you? Like, the, the, the talent that you had, the amount of attention that you had. How did you find that coming through? I loved it, to be honest. I, I went for, for dinner the other day with um, Kieran Gibbs. Mm. And I haven't seen him in a while. And we were talking about the Arsenal days and everything. And I loved every single minute of it, you know, went from when I was 15 and I went full time to when I was 16. And I had my first sort of experience of... Uh, the first team pre-season, but I loved it. And, you know, Kieran was there with me the whole time. He only left, I think, the year before me. So we experienced it all together. And, you know, I look back on them days as, as I don't want it to end my career like that, but probably the best days of my career. What was Arsene Wenger like as a, as a manager and as a coach? He was, you know, I've said it before, he was unbelievable, especially for me because... You know, he gave me that opportunity at, at such a young age, even to to train and get that experience of training with the first team with the top players. That you know, I think the first time I trained with them was I was fifteen, and you know, and then I was yeah back and forth with the youth team, and then I finally got full time with the first team, probably about seventeen, and played a few cup games. But then my my first proper season was when I when I was eighteen, and to give an eighteen year old like I didn't think it at the time because I just thought I was ready and wanted to play. But to give an 18-year-old that responsibility at a club where we were we were fighting for the for the Premier League back then, you know, we finished we finished, I think we finished third that year and we should have we should have probably finished higher. You know, I think I played something like 36 out of the 38 games that year. And to give an 18-year-old that responsibility with the pressure on him as well to challenge and to get into the top four, you know, I'm just thankful to him for that. What were the, when you look around, so say put yourself back in that position when you're 18, you're looking around the pitch, the players that you were looking left and right and seeing, and some of those. That's what I'll see, because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, so at 18, <laughs> reel off a couple of the names that was in the squad when you was at 18. Uh, there was Fabregas, Nazri, Arshavin, Riziki, Van Persie, Vermaelen. Clichy, Amunia was in goal. I say not. So you've reeled off, you just reel off three of them, man, already, which are just so... So how was you? Was you... Did you always have an inner confidence at the age of 18? Because you're a little bit as well. I know you know this, innit? The kit's very baggy on you, so it makes you look even smaller and that. <laughs> you know them, man, there. So did you just have this inner confidence to be like, look, you know what? I can do this. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what? Yeah, you know what? I had it the year before, mate. Like, I... The year before, I went to uh, Bolton on loan. And I think the the boss just got so annoyed with me telling him I want to play that he just said, yeah, go out on loan for six months. Because I was <laughs> on him, like I wanted to play. I thought I was ready. And then I came back after that spell and I thought I was going to have to go back on loan because there was loads of midfielders. And I say this for any youngster, like you need a little bit of luck. And I had that luck. I remember the first game 
the first game of the season was away at Liverpool. That was my debut, Anfield away. And I think there was like six, five or six uh, midfielders who were injured. So I played. And I remember the game, but I did all right. But I gave the, we drew one all and I gave the ball away and, and they scored. And I'm, then, you know, it's like, as a, as, even as an older player, you give the ball away and they score, you're, you, you're devastated. And yeah. As a young player, I was like, oh no, that's my chance gone. And that's why I thank Arsene because he, he stuck by me that whole year. And, and I said, as I said, I was lucky because there was a few players injured and, and I got my opportunity and I took it and I stayed in the team. Did you ever, so when you were like uh, young and you're coming through and you had that confidence to knock on the manager's door and say, look, I, I want to be in the first team, I think you should start playing me. Did you ever ruffle a few feathers or did did any of the players that you've mentioned look at you and you were like, well, who do you think you are like, yeah. coming through? Yeah, I did actually. And I was, my mate, I got, I had a mate who was, uh, he was one of the uh, masseurs and he used to say to me, like the older players, the experienced players come in from training and, and they're like, hammering me, moaning about me, saying, oh, he's, he's trying to nutmeg people and he's doing this, he thinks he should be playing. But you know what, to be honest, I look back and it didn't really bother me. Like, I didn't really care what, what other people thought. Of course, I respected them and I wanted to get in the team and play with them, but I was just trying to get in the team and show everyone what I can do. Mm. And it, I think eventually when, when I got in the team and showed what I could do and that I was a team player, I, you sort of earned their respect. So when you go out on loan, you always hear from from players about the benefits of going out on loan and, and what you learn. What did Bolton teach you as a as a young player? Bolton taught me the main thing was that really nothing else matters apart from winning. Obviously, who was the manager? Arsenal, Sorry, who was the manager? Owen Coyle. Okay. Yeah, he was he was really good, but yeah, like I grew up at Arsenal and it was all about development, playing out from the back. We want to play the Arsenal way, and then all of a sudden I went to Bolton who. In the past, with 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 Sam Allardyce, we're obviously known for like the long ball up to Kevin Davis and and just play off that. And we still had that, but we we had a team as well and a manager who wanted to play. And but at the end of the day, the only thing that mattered was was winning, staying in the Premier League. I think we finished 14th that year. We had a great year, and I had a really good time out there. So, what was the biggest difference? So, listen, Arsenal is you know it's prestigious training ground. So, what was the one standout difference? between your time at Arsenal growing up and then your loan period at Bolton? What, what stood out to you at, at that young age that you'd be like, you know what, raw, this is different? It's probably the, the culture, the culture change. Uh, at Bolton, there was a lot of English players, experienced English players who had been in the league a long time. You know, at Arsenal, you had Premier League game in the weekend, Champions League in the week. And... At Bolton, you obviously only had the uh, the Premier League games, so the week was more structured. We'd have the Wednesday off. All the lads would go out on a Tuesday night, standard. I mean, you obviously didn't have that culture of, of not not a drinking culture, but more of a, Together, a tight like, yeah, unit, yeah, yeah, togetherness yeah, yeah. with the English players. And you know, I re that's what I, I really enjoyed as well. Like I've got friends who I speak to even now that, um, that I played with at Bolton and. Yeah, it's probably that sort of going out together, being more of a team. And don't get me wrong, when I came back to Arsenal and I got into the team and like a few of the, the older foreign lads left, we, we created that with, with the English lads uh, at Arsenal. And yeah, that was that was an enjoyable part. Some of my uh, memories of, of Arsenal of late, especially, and winning cup competitions are involving you and there's one that I specifically remember basically you're celebrating and it's after Arsenal won the FA Cup and you've got the microphone and you're singing to the crowd and you're singing specific songs about Spurs and they're just hilarious they're just really funny moments those like having the opportunity to bring some sort of uh, cup back to Arsenal and, and and to win something after a long time a long period that you've been at that club where there was a trophy drought what was that like? It was right. You could see what it was like. It was, uh, you know what, Laura? It was both years as well. It was 2014 and 15. Yeah, let them know, innit? Let them know. Let them know it was both years. <laughs> but that's why. I, that's why I got fined because I remember the first year they sent me a letter saying, "Look, it's unacceptable. Don't do it again." And then the next year I did it again. Um, do you know what yeah, made me laugh? Was... Sorry, that because it's funny because your demeanour seems quiet on the pitch, innit? So we bucked up a couple times outside, but your demeanour seemed quiet. And when I saw that video, I was busting up <laughs> because I was like, it just showed 
so much passion. You know, sometimes they go on like footballers or robots and whereas, yeah. brother, you're an Arsenal man. Like, and but when you picked up the mic, you was it was pure elation. Like, Listen, rivalry's rivalry. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you've got players in Spurs that you play for England that you do respect. But rivalry's rivalry. So when I see you on the mic, I was like, yo, this guy's a G. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I swear to God, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I rate you for that. You know what? It was just like, when I first got into the team, we lost in the uh, in the Carling Cup final in, I think it was 2011. And like, that was my first year in the team. And obviously there'd been a uh, a few years where Arsenal hadn't won anything. And I was like, I got into the team, got to the final and I was like, Jesus, my first year, we're going to win something here. And it's Birmingham. It's going to be it? unreal. Yeah, it was Birmingham. And even in the game, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to win. And then all of a sudden they score in the last minute and it was like heartbreaking. And I think it took... Because was, it was a young team as well. And I think it took us a few years to sort of deal with that and get over that. And then in 2014, when we won it, it was like, oh, it was it's probably the highlight of my career. And it was an unbelievable thing. And as well, like you said, rivalry is rivalry. I've got half of my family, my mum's side, a Tottenham fan. So a lot of it was, was aimed at them. And all the years <laughs> they've been winding me up. And... Yeah, but no, it was it was special. I love that the most. I love that the most. That actually, it's probably not even about the fan base. It's like probably just to your family yeah, members. Yeah, my isn't uncle, it? and he gets on my nerves. Does he? Did yeah. he? <laughs> Did you have that. a conversation with him after it? Like, when, what was the first thing that you said to each other? He didn't talk to me for about three months. <laughs> no. <laughs> he is like he is diehard Tottenham home and away. No. To be honest, when I when I left uh, Arsenal to, it was to go to Bournemouth. Like, he texts me saying, look, I can finally watch you now. <laughs> mad yeah, team. Mad, mad team. Mad. Mad I've got team. a scenario for you then. Spurs call you up. They need you to come in. Oh. You, you know, it's an opportunity to play in an amazing world-class stadium with arguably world-class players. <laughs> especially. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, you know what? I love Mourinho as well. I think he's an unbelievable coach, but I don't think I could do it. Really? Swear down. What is it to oh, that? Is it, yeah? Real bars, like uh, you know what? As well, let's be honest, they're not going to have me. No, 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 you can't get out that way. Hold on, hold on. I love that question. Hey, as a baller to footballer, yeah, so I'm a footballer, you're the baller. All right, <laughs> so wait, if Spurs called you up now, so you don't have to move home, put that in, put that, yeah. you're in London, and they said, Look, you know what? We want, we want to sign you. It's Mourinho calling you, and it's Mourinho, and he's like, Jack, I can't do his accent, but Jack. he's like, Jack. <laughs> I well, I want you free. <laughs> you probably don't sound that's like awesome. that. Yeah, my bad. I thought that's, <laughs> that's, that's a cross between French. a Nigerian French guy. Say not. <laughs> um, so he and he says he wants you. Honestly, what do you do, Jack? I don't think I could. Yeah. Least, to be honest. I love that so that's, much. Oy, that's oy, that's different. Oy, that's different levels. You know, it's not it? as though it's not as if Arsenal like got rid of me, they kicked me out and there's a bad feeling. Like, Arsenal yeah. offered me a deal and I just chose not to sign it because I wanted to try something different. The manager weren't going to play me, but now that manager's gone. Yeah. So it's not as if there's a bad feeling. You know, I'm a, as you said, I'm an Arsenal man. Yeah, yeah. I even as well, like, just because of my uncle, I, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't give him that satisfaction. Okay. Do you look back at that decision to leave Arsenal, knowing that Arsene Wenger would have, you know, he wasn't going to be there forever. He did go eventually. Would you take it back? I, I don't want to live my life like that. Yeah, I get it. You know, I, I moved on. I learned something new. I, I went to a new club. I got new friends at that club. Mm. And I had an enjoyable time at West Ham. I know it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but I still enjoyed my time there. I, I, got, I met some unbelievable friends, new people. And I learned that, as I said before, I'm the type of player who, who probably won't fit in a club like that. So, Let me ask a question. All right, so, you know, there was a stage where the world was talking about Jack Wilshere's that guy. Not just for Arsenal, England, like that guy. How did you deal with that pressure in the sense where, you know what, we've been looking for this player to unlock defences. How did you deal with that? One, first, how did it make you feel? You know what I'm saying? Having that sort of attention on it. And then how did you deal with that? Um, it was actually, it made me feel good. It was quite nice because I remember when it was, it was after the, the Barcelona game and mm. that was in the February. And I played that whole season and there was still question marks around me. People were saying, you know, is he good enough to play for Arsenal? Is he the player they were looking for? 
And then after that game, it was like, oh, okay, so he is, he could be that good. He is the player that Arsenal were looking for. And it was, it was actually quite nice because then I started my first game for England and all of a sudden, it was Capello at the time. He was, he was coming out and saying, look, this is the player England have been looking for, for, for a while. And it was actually really, really nice to, to sort of finally get that, that recognition where, listen, I still had a lot to learn. I was 18, but we're actually, yeah, he's ready to, to play and he's ready to make a difference. Let's talk about the England days and Capello in particular. Is he as strict as everybody says he was? Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It was. It was. He was kind of similar to Arsene Wenger, like. So I've I'd obviously been around that for a couple of years before I got into to England. So it wasn't really a a change for me. But looking back, then obviously uh, Hodgson, yeah, Roy Hodgson came in and he was completely different to to him, and he changed the whole environment, the culture, and. But listen, I loved Capello. He was he was unbelievable for me. You know, he he gave me my debut. He then put me in the team, played me in big World Cup qualifiers at such a young age. What was Roy like? Because I look at Roy now, and at, at the age that he's at, he, he's something like seventy-two, and I hope I've got that right. Because if it's wrong, then it'd be really embarrassing. <laughs> but he is um, in his sort of latter stages of his career. Old, I think it's fair to say he's old, oldish. He's old. Let's just put oldish. As <laughs> he's the oldish. He's oldish. Yeah. yeah but no. <laughs> There's also something really wholesome about him. I, I can't get over it. I've just, I just think he's wonderful. But I mean, that's aside. That's from a, a, a broadcaster's perspective. What was he like as a as a coach, and and what does he do that's good? Well, for me, he, I think he loved me, like because when he first came in, I was injured, and then he put me. Uh, I missed the Euros, and then the next squad after that, when I was fit, and I'd only been fit for for a month or so, he put me in the squad, and he played me. I went to the World Cup with him. He was he was brilliant. I mean, we had a bad World Cup, and that was when uh, Gerard and Lampard mm. retired, and everyone was like, "Oh no, England's finished. Two main players are gone. Rooney was still there, but the midfield's gone." and then the first game after the World Cup was Switzerland away. And we'd worked on this new formation. We played a diamond and we didn't know how it was going to go. And I was playing at the bottom of the diamond. I remember him saying to me, I want you to play holding midfield. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not holding midfielder. And he, and him and it was Gary Neville at the time. Uh, we did loads of work on it. And we looked at like players like Pirlo and how they're not actually defensive midfielders, but they play there to start off the attacks and get things moving. And I played about six or seven games there and I absolutely loved it. We were unbelievable. We in the qualifying, you know, we bounced back after a bad World Cup. And I loved it playing there. And he, he taught me that new position. And, you know, ever since then I wanted to play there. I remember going back to Arsenal and saying to Arsenal, look, boss want to play holding midfielder. And he was like, No, you're not playing there. You're not my holding midfielder. And even now, when people ask me what is your best position, and even though I haven't played there for four or five years, I still say like I like playing number four. And I think the the thing is as well, in this is another thing why I'm not necessarily wanting to play in the Premier League anymore because you look at the type of player who plays number four, the type the defensive midfielder who is there to break up play and just give it simple. Whereas I don't think it has to be like that. And and you look across Europe and the type of players that play there in Spain and Italy, and they're like technical players who get on the ball, get the ball from the back, start attacks off and yeah so he taught me that and I'm thankful for him for that I wonder, it, it feels like you want to go play abroad yeah that's what it feels it feels like you're not like you know what the style of football I want to play is conducive to abroad see that word conducive you see what I did there yeah but hey bruv I got some words for you like I'm just uh, I'm just frying that out there <laughs> but that's what it feels like is that where you are is that where your mind's at well I think I'm realistic because what I said before, like the, unless you're playing in a top six side in England where you have the majority of the ball and you're trying to break down the team for 70, 80% of the game, then I don't think I'm going to play. I'm not going to fit into a team. So, Would you drop to the champ? Would you play for somebody like Swansea, Norwich, those baller teams? Would you drop down there? I'm not against it. I yeah. mean, I, I think my first choice, as you said, is probably to go abroad and, and try something different. But I'm not against it, mate. I could be playing against you. Be you know, you listen. Four. That means they're gonna try and make you scream. Me. You don't want yeah. the smoke. I, you want the smoke. Ah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> can can we like can we like do like basically for your career? If we were to kind of do like it's it's quite a cliche question, isn't it? When people say like your top three moments, but genuinely because 
of your individual moments as a player, I think for you it'd be really interesting. Like, do you can you rank them? Like, when you think about the best moment of your career or the best three, what are they? Those individual moments. Yeah, um, I think the first one because it because it happened first was that game against Barcelona. Mm. Was Messi on the pitch? Yeah, Messi oh, played, mate. I'll say nothing, big man. Yeah. Jeez! Talk, mate, just they talk had, they had Messi, Pedro, David Villa, Xavi, Iniesta. Oh, so they had the yeah, Barcelona team. Oh, damn days. Yeah. What was yeah, the score? We beat them 2-1 at home. Because oh, it's, it's Arsenal. It's not like I really remember and care. What? I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's, it's Arsenal. It's Liverpool, like, isn't it? You know, you know Liverpool. what I'm saying? And that's crazy because I check for you. That's how I check for you as a person because you play for Arsenal. I still check for you. You know yeah, what I'm that, saying? That, <laughs> you know them moment, ones. That moment. Just talk talk us through that game at that moment Why why it's your number one. Because what I said before, you know, everyone was was like, oh, is he good enough? You know, we, I'd played in the Champions League uh, in, in the group stage before, but... You know, we didn't have a. We played against some good teams, but not Barcelona. And everyone was like, "Is he ready to step up to that level?" And I remember it. I remember the build-up to the game. You know, you know what the papers do is like Fabregas versus Busquets, Van Persie versus Piquet, and it was like Wilshere versus Iniesta. Like I was so nervous. And I remember in That's the tunnel before ask. the game. Was you nervous? Oh, I was so nervous, and you know what I think. Then was when I learned though, actually, nerves is quite a good thing. Like, it helps you focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it makes you focus more if you're that little bit more nervous. And yeah, I remember the build up to the game and after the game, even after the game, like, we won 2 1. And you always know after the game if you've done well or not. But it wasn't until I went home, watched the highlights where I thought, yeah, I've done well this game. And, you know, I proved to myself that I am. But even though I sort of knew myself, when people are questioning you and, and question whether you're ready to step up to that level. Mm. When you do it, it's an unbelievable feeling. And and that from then is what gives you confidence, you know, you're going into the next games. Unfortunately we lost the uh the, the second leg, but we were cheated. But we don't talk about that. <laughs> I um, say nothing. I'm saying nothing. Whose shirt did you get? Whose shirt did you get? I got Messi's and oh. uh Javi's. Mine yeah. just dropped it. <laughs> Man, hold on. He said, yeah, yeah, Messi's and, and Javi. Exactly. Like, yeah, same Where man, are they? Cool, same. Where are those shirts? They're in my son's room, actually. He's going wow, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Your son's it. got those shirts up. And can I can you know you imagine being a son of a footballer and you're like, yeah, that's when my dad played against him, Javi. And he, oh, yeah, my, my, my sons don't really say that. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you see, you played against a brother, Aki, Akuton and Stanley and them, man. So my sons say that, your sons say Messi. It's cool, say nothing, bruv. Don't, it's all right. Moving on swiftly, you get me. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was one of them. The second one was the 2014 when uh, we won the first FA Cup. That was unbelievable. It was the last game of the season, obviously, and as well the way the game went, we were we were losing two 0 to Hull, and I was actually on the bench for the for the first half. Came on in the second half, and we were losing two 0 and I was watching it, and it was like. It was soul destroying watching it, and then Santi whipped one in the uh, in the top bins, and it was like, oh yeah, okay, so we could do this now. And even then, towards the end, like the boss brought on uh, Yaya Sanogo, and listen, I played with Yaya, and I thought I think he was a great young player. He was unlucky with injuries, but he was he was unproven. Like no one really knew what he could do. <laughs> He'd been injured for a while, and the boss brought him on, and he was unbelievable. Like. I don't think he scored, but he set up one of the goals and he, he caused Hull, like, I think it was uh, Harry Maguire was playing, he caused him so many problems. Yeah, we went on to win and it was an unbelievable night and the next day, obviously, with the parade was was unreal and it sort of like, it gave us that confidence as well going into the next season because, you know, after that game, we had four or five weeks off, we came back to pre-season and everyone was just lifted, the mood was lifted, mm. the boss was buzzing, it was like the pressure was off the boss and and then the next year, we obviously went on to win it again, so... Yeah, it was good. Um, but I think the the best moment when I look back on my career of today was was my first, my, well, my only two, but my first two at the time, two goals for England. Uh, we were playing against Slovenia away. And that was after the uh, the second FA Cup when I got fined as well. So obviously, like, the press were on me. They were... Like, oh, he needs to learn, he needs to was grow up. Now he's not was a that, young player. Was, was that the, the banger goal? Like, where it come, edge yeah. of the box, the back, yeah, see? That was a bad boy finish, I remember it. Yeah, I remember as well. So I'd I'd been getting hammered 
and uh, you know, it was Roy actually who stopped by me. He was like, "Don't worry about. It. I'm going to play you. I'm going to play you in that uh, deep line position." And it was. I remember the game like, you know, one of them games Andy, when everything goes for you, everything you touch. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I gave the ball away, and like I was, everything just went perfect, and the ball just sat out for me, and I hit it, and like, oh, it was a, it was the best feeling in the world. When you go away for England and like represent your country, that kind of like environment, it does it sink in at the time that you're what you're doing? Because from a fan's perspective, like it doesn't get much better than that. And and to have an experience like that when you're scoring a goal and an amazing goal, you're having a brilliant performance, and like that's got to just be like the pinnacle. How long does it take for it to mm. kind of sink in? Um, well, I was fortunate enough to do it a lot of times and, and go and represent my country at World Cups in uh, European Championships. And like, it's not really until you go to a World Cup or European, listen, the qualifiers are brilliant and you take, like every time you go there is an honour and every time you put on the shirt is fantastic. And But when you go to a European Championship or a World Cup and you see the support of the people at home and you can, like the the World Cup we went to was so disappointing. You felt the the fans' pain. Like, you could really feel it within the camp after, it was after the Uruguay game where we lost. You could feel the the disappointment. And it was my first time, but there was players who had been there before, you know, Lampard, Gerard, Rooney, and you could really feel their pain. And and then obviously I went to the Euros after and it was actually a good experience. I know we, we lost to Iceland and that was like probably the worst game of my career. Like, the worst experience. But, the group stage, we beat Wales um, and we qualified out of the group and you could really feel the support of the nation behind you. And mm. and I think as well, you know, in the, in the last World Cup, was it 2018? I think that went to the next level. I weren't there, but I was actually watching it at home and like a fan, I was going to the pubs, experiencing it with them. And, and as well, once I'd seen that as well, it made you appreciate it more of the time I was yeah, there yeah. and the, the experience the fans go through. And... Mm. Because, well, like, when I was growing up, I was one of them, you know. I was the fan who, who watched England lose to, to uh, Germany in the World Cup when Lampard scored the goal that weren't a goal. And I was one of them who were, were devastated from that. So, yeah, you do you do feel it when you go to a major tournament. I've got some, some, some quick-fire questions for you, yeah? <laughs> All right, so quick-fire questions. First, I want to know, what was more nerve-wracking? Your debut for England or when you went into the England camp? or your first game for Arsenal? Which one was more nerve-wracking? Probably when I went into England camp. Yeah? Yeah, because that was after 2010 World Cup when, when England lost to Germany. And I think they lost like 4-0 and they were getting hammered. And I got called in by Capello. But I remember going, we met up on a Sunday night um, and thank God Kieran Gibbs got called up as well. He was with me. But we went into dinner and there was Rooney, Rio, JT, Lampard, Gerard, like these players that I've watched growing up. And I was thinking, like, what am I doing here? And as well, Capello, <laughs> like you talk about Capello being strict. And one of his rules was everyone sat on the same table at dinner and no one could leave until the last person had finished. So I was like, I ate my dinner. I was sat there, like, not saying a word to <laughs> That's so weird. Ah, that's mad. Yeah. That's mad. All right, so another one. Who's the best player you played with? I oh. know, oh, I know. You played with some ball. We ain't played together, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you don't have to say me, so say not. Oh, my God, that's so hard. <laughs> uh, you know what? No one's ever asked me that. Everyone's asked me, like, top five. Um, yeah, just just off the dome. No way, like, you played in many, so you ain't going to say I'm going to say Sesk, because mm. I played with him for uh, a couple of years. And he was my captain. And I, for someone who weren't quick, weren't strong, yeah, I've seen him control games. What do you think of Arteta and what he's doing with the job at Arsenal now? Yeah, looking back, like you always, at the time you never thought it because if we're honest, we just thought like he was like the manager's go-to. Do you know what I mean? He was a captain. The manager would trust him. He'd play every week. You'd always see him speaking with a manager. He never really got involved with like the banter. I know he's a little bit older, but like he was always on time. He wouldn't accept people being late. 
Okay. Like you could see the disappointment in his face, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of them. Yeah, I've, I've had many of my own I mean? captains like that. I've, yeah, man, he would have hated it, me. I'm always late. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't really say much, but you can see it when yeah, when yeah, you yeah, disappoint yeah, him. Yeah. You can see it. He would arrange a night out, the odd night out for the lads as well. Um, don't get me wrong, it weren't going on a proper proper night out, but yeah, he'd yeah. get the lads together and we'd go bowling or something. Mm. But I think he's doing a, a fantastic job, like especially for his first managerial job. Like to be a club like Arsenal and obviously Arsenal weren't in a, a good place when he took over and he seems like slowly, slowly the players are, are listening to him. They see that he's got a process and everyone's jumping on it. You know, it's a great result against United away. You know, I think over the years when you've watched Arsenal um, and when I was there, Arsenal was all about and Arsenal was would always say, look, if we play our game, we'd be all right. And, you know, nine times out of ten, that worked. We had a great team and we'd go places and win. And then all of a sudden, you know, when, when Emery came in and they didn't really have that that same level of, of player, they went through a bad a bad stage. And now I think they're on the other side of that. And that's all thanks to Arteta. Mm. Is he like, obviously, you know him as a player, but is he the kind of coach that you would like to be coached by? That's not a loaded question, just in terms of what what he does, because it looks like he is coaching those players and individually they're yeah. getting better. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know him as a coach, but speaking to the players, speaking to some of the staff that were there, he is a proper hands-on coach. He's involved with everything. He takes the sessions. It's all like coach-led sessions where he's telling the players where they should be, what they should do. And I think you can see that as well. And everyone's starting to, to listen to him and, yeah, you know, everyone, I think every player wants to play for a coach where you get a lot of instructions, you know exactly what you're doing, there's no grey areas, you go on the pitch, you know that he should be there, I should be there, that's my job and there's no like blame, there's no passing the buck, if that's your, your man, that's your man. What do you think of the Premier League this season? Because we, we just keep talking about how it just feels like there are so many goals um, and all the kind of other things aside like VAR and the rules and all that sort of stuff. What do you think about it so far, what you've seen? I think a big part of some of the results is the fact that there's no fans. I don't know what it's like in the champ, Addy, but if the fans were there at uh, Old Trafford, would Tottenham have beat them 6-1? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think a lot of the games that I, I didn't I didn't play towards the end of last season, but I sat on the bench in the stadium watching it, and they feel like training games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And okay. sometimes in training, you know, you could have a team that's got loads of young players and against the, the first team and all of a sudden the, the young players beat them and like that can happen in training and that seems to be happening you know Villa go and smash Liverpool 7-2 whatever it was and like I don't think that would be happening if if fans were in the stadium I think fans give you give you something extra when you're doing well and when you're doing bad like if you're doing bad and you're giving the ball away you can feel the the anxiety building in the stadium and it pushes you on it gives you that extra 5 or 10% and you know the intensity of, of the, the games isn't the same. And I think that helps as well when the fans are in, the intensity goes up and you, you build your way into the game and you improve. But it seems like teams are just going into games and anything can happen. Like, of course, some teams are, are dealing with it better, but anything can happen. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think fans keep you honest. You know, that's just, yeah. uh, it literally keeps you honest. You know, if you're not running back or if you're not, you can you try more things because, you know, if certain yeah, things don't come off, fans will be on you. So I do think it's, it's, it's a massive miss to not have fans there. So that's mm. what I want to ask you. With the Premier League or just football in general, look, you bust on the scene when you was young. What advice would you give youngsters now and how much do you think the game's changed from when you came on the scene to kind of like now? Yeah, I think it's, it's completely different. I broke in to the team when I was 16, first of all. And I don't think you'll see that now because of, not the problems, but all the, the things that go with it. You know, you've got more sports science. You've got, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but players uh, are looked after more, probably. Mm. You know, when, even when I was young, you know, I'd go and train every day. I'd want to play all the time. And, and that's probably part, was part of my problem. But at the same time, I was enjoying every moment. And... The main thing that I always say to youngsters is when you get your chance, you have to you have to be ready. You have to take your chance because even I used to look at it like, you know, when as I said, I was 15 when I first went and trained with the first team. And I used to see it like an opportunity. I used to think, right, this is my chance. 
because I've seen players who who were as good, if not better than me at that age and would, would go over to train with the first team and they'd miscontrol the ball or their nerves would get the better of them and they wouldn't be seen again for five or six months. You know, when, when the first team needed a player, they'd ask for someone else. And I used to see things like that and think, right, this is my opportunity. I have to do everything right. I have to show them that I'm, I'm, I've got a good attitude. And, and as well, like I said, I had a lot of luck with when I first got into the team with, with players being injured. And you need a little bit of luck, but once you get that little bit of luck, you have to take your chance. Jack, you you mentioned earlier on about your relationship with the media. I always remember that there was a photo of you with a cigarette and that was just like one of the, the times where it felt like the media had in some way stung you. How would you sort of describe that relationship? And did you ever feel that it was because you had this level of talent that they almost treated you a little bit differently or how would you describe it? I wouldn't say they treated me differently because I look back now and, and realise that I'm, I made mistakes. At the time, yeah, I was I was probably like that. I was like, oh, are they always picking on me or on anything? But I was doing doing silly things, and you know, I was lucky enough to have the the support around me in terms of the manager I had, who who understood, who'd seen players in this position, and understood that as long as I was was training well and doing things right around the training ground, that he'd, he'd stick by me. And Arsenal was brilliant like that. I remember. I remember the first time it happened and I I got caught uh, with, with, with a cigarette and I was so... That, like, the media put it in the paper and I, that didn't really bother me like because I was confident that I, I was doing well enough in football. But one thing that was in my head was, oh, my God, the boss is going to kill me. And I remember going in the next day and go, walking onto the training pitch and the boss was there and he was like, yeah, don't worry. Uh, when I have a drink, I like a, I like a cigarette as well. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, thank God for that. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, so I think, I, I mean, listen, when you're English and you're playing at a young age and a lot of uh, hopes are put on you, then you're always going to have that that spotlight on you. And mm. and I had it on me and I learned, I learned things. And, you know, I'd, I'd always try and help young English players now and, and, and try and give them that guidance because it can, it can affect players differently. It didn't really affect me, but, you know, and it's easier now to get caught not stitched up but more caught out because of social media. I mean, That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah, I want to can, ask you, how's your viewpoint now on like the modern game, modern footballer with social media? Are you an advocate for social media? Do you think it's harder now than social media? I mean, what's your take on that? I think it's harder now and you know, you have to be a certain type of, of character, not even player, a certain type of character to be able to to handle it. Uh, mentally, because you know I've played with players, I'm not going to name names. But as soon as the game finished, they're looking on social media, Twitter, to see how they played. And mm. you know, I was I was never one of them, so I was I was okay. But I think that can affect you because you might come off the pitch thinking you've had a good game, and there might be a hundred comments on your Insta or your Twitter saying "Well played, well played." But it's like anything. If there's one comment that is negative and says you didn't, that sticks in your head. And it doesn't matter who you are. That always That's always the case. And I think, you know, I was able to, and because I still get hammered now, you know, I go on my Twitter now and I'm, someone's saying, retire, you've passed it or something like that. And it, it really, really doesn't affect me. But if you're, if you're not, not that way inclined and you're mentally a little bit weaker, it can affect you. And I, it gives people a platform to, to hammer you and not know you. So, mm. yeah, I mean, listen, I think social media has its, has its positives, but there's a lot of negatives as well. I wanted to ask you as well in regards to that about injuries because both of you have experienced it. By you just come out of a, an injury as well, an operation that you had to have. How difficult is that? Because I always think that that is one thing that you can't control, you know, like you can, you can train all week and have a good game or a bad game and you can make mistakes, but with injuries... You can't control it. And you've had your fair share, Jack, in your career where you've been sidelined for, for such a long amount of time. And I've always found that criticism, it must be for footballers, for athletes, for anyone really, the most difficult to take because you that's out of your control. So so people are criticising you for being injured, but how can you control that? How I mean, you've obviously got that sort of personality where not a lot gets to you, which is amazing. But how how difficult were those times? Yeah, no, I had some some tough times uh, 
dealing with with injuries because, as you said, like some injuries, you probably can help in terms of like if you get a muscle injury, you can be stronger, do the gym work. But most, well, ninety nine percent of my injuries were were impact injuries. You know, I'd get tackled and and um, I'd break something or I'd rupture some ligaments and. The most difficult ones to take were where you finally got yourself, because when when you come back from injury, you know, like it takes a while. You don't come back and yeah. you're you're at it straight away. It takes five, six, seven games, and a good block of training to actually get your confidence back and and your fitness. And you know, there were times one that sticks out was uh, in 2015 after that England game where I scored two goals. You know, I come back from injury the year before. I got back in the England team. I'd scored two goals. I was feeling unbelievable, top of the world. Came back from pre-season, had a great pre-season. On the last day of pre-season in training, I broke my leg. And yeah, I went on to miss four or five months. And that was just completely like soul-destroying, hard to deal with. Because as well, you know, people, people stick by you as well. But football is a game where it moves on quickly. You know, someone comes in, a young player comes in and, and they do well and all of a sudden... You know, you're back to to fighting for your place, and I had I had to do that a lot of times throughout my career, and I think that helps make you mentally stronger as well, and makes you why I say you know when people criticise me on on social media, and I think you know what I don't really care because what I've been through and what I know I can do and what I can still give to the game, um, that definitely helps. That's massive. Uh, listen, I'm I'm for you, man. I'm with you. I think the mental side of the game is as important. Um, I've had my injuries. Um, to be fair, you've had you've had some serious injuries, and I guess people on the outside don't see they don't see all the work you put in. They only see the the headlines yeah. that comes out saying, "Oh, so and so and so." And it's just to keep coming back from certain things. It's it's a mental game. Um, yeah, you know, agreed. It's it, it's hard, but listen, salute, man. Uh, real torch, absolute. Thanks, mate. Can I ask you about Santi Cazorla? Because you've mentioned him a couple of times, and he's one of those players that is just a joy to watch and just an incredible player. What he went through in terms of his injury and the problems that he had, didn't he get gangrene in his in his foot or something like that? And he had to basically mm. have skin taken off one area of his of his arm or his leg and moved across. And then he played again. Like it's his career. Yeah. What was he like to play alongside, first of all? Oh, he was unreal. He was one of the players who who came in. So when I when I first came into the team, uh, it was a completely different team. Then I got injured, missed about eight or nine months, came back and we'd brought all these new players and he was one of them. And everyone was talking about how good he is in training and how good he is. And I'd obviously seen a few of the first few games of the season, seen him play and he was unbelievable. But then when I got fit and started playing with him, it was like he made it so easy to play alongside. Like every time he give you the ball, it would be right. You know, there'll be times in, in a game where we need... Uh, an in-swing corner and then we changed to an out-swing and it just moved position like left right foot it was it was scary it was scary and as well he was like such a good character like he uh, he'd come in and he, his English weren't great but he, he he picked it up really quick and like all the Spanish lads used to say like he's hilarious and obviously it was in Spanish we didn't understand but then when he started to pick up the English he was a, he was a great character like I remember a few times like where uh, we'd be at a kid's party, like one of the kids would have a party or the club would throw a party for the kids and it'd be like on a Tuesday afternoon and he'd be going around like looking for a beer. And we're thinking, <laughs> we, he don't seem like that type of character, but now he's a great lad. He doesn't actually, does he? He doesn't at no. all. I always think they deserve more credit when they're funny in a different language because you just think like you can yeah. be you can be quite quirky yeah. in your own language, but to try and do it in a different language is is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is amazing. And like, I, I love that we're getting so many stories out of you and I don't want to take you back to like a, a darker place, but you did mention earlier on when we were talking about the Euros, 2016 in France and the high of it obviously was that Wales game and I was at that Wales game. But you're right, the atmosphere was unbelievable and it was a boiling hot day and it was just yeah. like... It was incredible. I remember being like in the town before the game and there were Welsh fans, English fans. Everyone was getting on, luckily, but they were climbing on the tops of the bars. Basically, there was like these, um, like the rain covers. They were on top of the rain covers. It was like, it was obscene, but it was amazing. Then the Iceland game. So 
let's just take you back there for a minute because that as a nation it was that the most heartbreaking experience you started on the bench didn't you and you came mm. on what was the whole experience like for you you know what we got out of the group and we we drew Iceland and out of all the teams we could draw we were actually quite not relieved but quite excited about the fact that we could beat these and we should beat these and um yeah, I started on the bench and I remember watching the game. They went 1-0 up. Then Rooney scored penalty, I think. And you're thinking, oh, God, yeah, we're back in it. We're going to go on to win this game. Then they scored. And you're still thinking, all right, this was like 15 minutes into the game. You're thinking, yeah, we're going to go on to win this. And the first half finished and uh, we were we were 2 1 down. And I came on at half time. And I remember like starting the, starting the second half and we had. 80, 90% of the ball and you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a matter of time before we we get an opportunity. But it never came. Like, we we just couldn't break them down. And, yeah, it was... I remember as the second half was going on thinking, this is going to be one of them games. Like, we've got the ball. They're not really putting pressure on us. They're just sitting in. We need to be patient. But as the game went on, you're thinking, oh, no, it's going to... And I remember as well, because it was one of them stadiums where the fans were close. They were like on, almost on top of you. And all the England fans were behind that goal. And you could just feel their their anxiety and their aggression as the game went on. And like we couldn't break them down. Mm. Who was your favourite coach? Not just like domestically, not just club level, but you can be international as well. Who's the favourite coach that, that you felt that you got the most out of? I've got to say Arsene because, because of what he'd done for me at a young age. But... I really enjoyed working with Eddie Howe as well. Mm. He was completely different from anything I'd, I'd had, obviously, with Arsene. Training was different. His approach was different. And I actually really enjoyed it. He got, I, I had a great year down there. I played 30 games. We finished ninth, I think, which is Bournemouth's highest ever Premier League position. Yeah, it was a great time. Mm. All right, so I want to ask, you're talking about your best manager. You've said who your best player was like for Arsenal so, but for England who was the player that you was just like yo baller like who was that one guy for England that you was just like yeah you know what this guy's levels probably Rooney yeah yeah like he was he was a joke to be honest obviously I played with Gerard and Lampard but especially Gerard it was when he was coming towards towards the end and he'd play in that deeper position you know he was a holding midfielder and listen I've never seen someone ping the ball left right so cleanly and every time be on point you know sometimes when you go and ping it and you shank one and it bobbles off like he would do it all the time and he was a great leader as well like he'd control the whole team from that from that deep line position but when I first broke into the team Rooney was like the number nine like the striker who scored all the goals and then I watched him in that Euros drop into a a midfield position and and be unbelievable. Like he got a lot of stick for playing there. But I used to think I don't know why he's getting a lot of stick. He was probably our best player that Euros. And I think it, it says a lot as well, like about a striker who can drop into a midfield position. I think you could do it, Addy, to be honest, but not many else could. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I don't, I don't. Could you? Yeah, Matt, what? Come on now, I want a little number four, just play on number <sighs> 10 where I just play off my chest. Come on now. But I don't run as a number nine, so <laughs> I swear them number 10s don't run either. <laughs> um, Jack, listen, we've taken up far too much of your time already. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of those stories. And I suppose now, how many kids have you got, Jack? We were, we were saying, is it four? Four. 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 So they're going to be keeping you very busy, aren't they? Jeez. Uh, to yeah, me, but, luckily... Go How on. many you got, Eddie? I got five. So, but I'm five. Yeah, but I'm ten years. I'm ten years older than you. Don't you got time, yeah, Jack? You can get me. Nah, I'm done. I'm done. But, yeah, luckily, luckily, the schools are still open. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, God. I know that feeling, my brother. All it right. was tough. Homeschooling was tough. I can't lie. I bet it was. What's your subject though? You must have one that you're better at than the rest when you're doing homeschooling. Don't say PE. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, not PE. Yeah, I'm not bad at maths. Like the men, really? the quick maths, I'm good at. Yeah. Oh, quick I'm like, maths. Listen, I'm not. I'm not A levels or anything. I'm just. I mean, man, I'm, I'm calculator, man. I'm a straight calculator guy. I tell you that. <laughs> 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 
All right, listen, Jack, before you go, yeah, what we want you to do is we want you to pick your Super Six Aside team of the month. Yeah, you got that? Yeah. All right, cool. First one, who's going to be your goalie? Goalie is going to be Mindy from Chelsea. I read a stat the other day. Like, I don't think he's conceded yet since he's played, is he? Wow, really? That's not bad, you know. Yeah. That's and I think the only one to ever do that before was Peter Cech. So <gasps> he's done all right. Good shout. Good shout. All right, Mendy. All right, defenders, you going? I'm going to, the first one's going to be another Chelsea player, Ben Chilwell. Oh, he's, he's hit the ground. I think, I think, yeah, I think he's done well. To come. When he first mm. came, he was injured, wasn't he? And now yeah. he's he's playing every game and he's he's done well. Yeah, excellent. Right, cool. Another and one? then there's an Arsenal player, Gabriel. Sure. Another new new player to the Premier League and he seems to have uh, transformed their defence. I know Arsenal fan TV love him, so he must be good. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he did play well against United, to be fair. Yeah, he done um, well. He done well. I'm going to go in midfield... With um, Ward Prowse. Nice. Oh, nice. How is he so good? I know. In terms of those three kicks that he scored as well, that were basically identical to each other. Like to do it twice in a game, I think a lot of it comes down to concentration as well. Because you know, sometimes when you're taking a free kick, you picture it how it's going to happen, and it never happens like that. And he's done it twice in a row. You look at before he takes it, when he zooms in on him, he's the focus. Like he's just focused and he knows what he's got to do and he's done it. It's unbelievable. Was you a free kick taker? Did you ever take set pieces like yeah. free now? Uh, you know what? I used to take the ones like a little bit deeper and like the ones you put in the box. Uh, I never really took the the ones around in right and around the box. The box. We, had, we had too we many players yeah. who, who who wanted to take them. Like we had some players who could take free kicks and yeah, I was I was never one of them. Same, neither me. We're same like that. Anyway. Is that you take penalties? Do you take penalties though? No, nah, not really. You know, like when we've got a designated penalty taker, um, mm. but I, I'll take headers. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll <take> <laughs> okay, let's see your two strikers then. My first striker is going to be my mate who finished last season unbelievable. He kept us up, and he started this season the same. Unfortunately, he's injured now, but it's going to be Mikel Antonio. Yeah. Okay, fan friend, of the show. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, I was about to say fan of the show, but he is as well. <laughs> He's, right. he's de- oh my, apart, I mean, obviously injury aside and we wish him the best of luck. Well, he's just been ridiculous, hasn't he? He's been, like, everything he touched. Last, the end of last season, like, he uh, he went, like, he's played everywhere for West Ham. He's been yeah. right back, right wing. And then uh, Moyes put him up top and he was, like, he'd been playing there for his whole career. Yeah, I mean, he scored against Norwich, he scored four goals in a game. Like, <laughs> but even the, the, unbelievable. The, the bicycle kick he scored the other day. You've got space for one more, Jack. Yeah, you've got... Yeah. Who, who are you going to put in? I heard you say I'm Kane in there. Did you say Kane? Uh, you say Kane? Nah. Ah, oh, say no, no, no. no, no, no. Like I wouldn't put a Spurs player in, would he? Yeah. Nah, no chance. <laughs> no? Um, I'm going to go with Patrick Bamford. Nice. Nice, nice. Uh, because, like, he obviously done really well in the champ and then there was a lot of talk about uh, Leeds are going to need to buy a striker. And they, they did, actually, didn't they? They brought that Rodriguez. Mm. But he's... He scored a hat trick the other day, and you know I've watched a few of Leeds games, and he he plays well. Like I know he's got a hat trick, but sometimes he doesn't get the credit for when he don't score goals for the link up play, and yeah, he's he's done really well. That's hard as well because when they got promoted, he was the first name out of people's mouths to say he's probably not going to be good enough. He probably can't do yeah. it in the Premier League. That's quite. That must be hard if you're. Yeah, it must be hard because he's worked so hard to, for for the for the team in the Championship and individually as well to get his chance in the Prem, and then all of a sudden he hasn't even played played a game, and people are saying that he's not going to be good enough. So yeah, that's tough, and he's he's proven them wrong now. Yeah, that's a good thing about him. Man. Hey, that's a good six aside. So, do you want us to just go over it? No, I'll go over it. So, Mendy in goal, Gabriel and Chilwell at the back, Prowse in midfield, Bamford and Antonio up front. That's a good team. That's a great team. That's a good team. Mm. Jack, listen, thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck wherever it is that you will go next. We can't wait to see you playing again. And um, fingers crossed, it sounds like you got your eyes set on something hot, which yeah, I don't blame you. I'll like, see, I'll get see yourself you, yeah. in, under the sun, it'd be amazing. But look, we can't wait to see you back in action. And thank you so much. All right, blessings, I appreciate brother. it, guys. Thanks blessings. for having me. Cheers, Jack. Okay, it's time now to look at the Super 6 fixtures for round 12. Round 11, it was another midweek set of matches that took place on Tuesday night. 
mixture of Championship and Champions League games. Now, you can download the Super 6 app, create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance of winning £250,000 this week. And a reminder by it's completely free. Yes, it is. Remember that we have our own Super 6 League. Join using the code Super 6 and there is a £1,000 prize for the winner of that league. Another reminder that you can invite your friends to join Super 6 and if any of your invited friends go on to win the jackpot, then you will win £25,000. Okay, prediction time. So, the first one by Norwich v Swansea, what do you reckon? I'm going to go 3-1 Norwich. Do you know, I'm going to go high scoring with that one as well. I'm going to say 3-2, but going to Norwich as well. So, both going for Norwich wins. Okay. Next one, Birmingham. Ah, Birmingham aren't all that, are they? Ah, listen, I don't want to say nothing about that. You know what I'm saying. So, boy, listen, both of them have come off losses. (laughs) We afflicted Birmingham's one. Anyway, uh, but I do think that... Bournemouth will win this. I think Bournemouth will bounce back and win it 2-1. Yeah, Bournemouth have been looking all right, haven't they? I'm going to say Bournemouth 2-0. So that is an away win for Bournemouth for both of us. Okay, next one. Watford v Coventry. You got a draw out of Watford, didn't you? Yeah, we did. And to be fair, Watford won 3-2, I think, last night again. And Coventry do score goals. So I'm going to say a high scoring. I'm going to say 3-2 Watford. Do you know what? I'm going to say a little bit less. I'm going to say 1-0, but I'm going to go for Watford as well. We aren't really disagreeing with each other today. I know. Um, I don't like it. I do want to see Troy Dean get in the game. So do I, man. Hmm. Okay, next one. Brentford, Borough. What do you reckon? I'm going to go Brentford for it. I I think Ivan Tony's been scoring goals. Mm. Um... So, I actually did say 2 but I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford. I'm actually going to go for an upset here, and I'm just going to say 1-0 Borough. I'm only doing that just so we're different. So we're different, yeah, because they, yeah. they don't feel nice when we're on the same yeah, wavelength, you know what I'm like saying? It, so I've gone against I'm what I think. Cool with that. Yeah, OK, Borough 1-0. It's completely out there, isn't it? Derby v Barnsley. Listen, Derby's struggling at the moment. Um, and Barnsley, I think, got a win. Listen, I'm just going to go safety and I'm going to think a 1-1 draw. Oh, that's Genuinely, that's what I that's went with. That's a lie. You're that's trying to be like... Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but if that's what you're going for, because we did go different on the other one, you can go 1-1. All right, brilliant. It's the only one we properly, properly agree with. 1-1. Right, cool. Let's do the Premier League game. Crystal Palace against Leeds. Now, Leeds, really, their last performance, the first time, really, that I've I've looked at them this season and gone, oh, like, are the cracks sort of appearing? I'm not sure if they are, if that was just like a bad game or whatever. <sighs> This one, I think, is quite difficult. I think Roy Hodgson always quite organised, isn't he? I'm going to go here for a... I'm going to go for a Leeds win. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to to Crystal Palace. I'm sorry to Andrews Townsend. I work with him quite regularly. But I'm going to go for a Leeds win here. I'm going to say 2-1 Leeds. See, I'm going to go for a draw. Are you? I am. I do think that, like you said, I watched the last game against Leicester or Leeds and it was like, oh, um, but they did create chances. But Crystal Palace are solid and they can score goals. So I'm going to say 2-2. Right, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And our thanks to Jack Wilshire as well for joining us. Um, do you think I fangirled a bit too hard there? Just a little bit, but anyway, it's, it's, it's standard for ULW, you get me? It's done now. At least he wasn't in the room. It would have been like, completely embarrassing for him. Uh, anyway, give us a follow on Twitter, at Super6. You can send us a message as well. You can tweet us any questions you want using the hashtag super 6 Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you fancy it, rate and review the podcast too. See you next time from your boy, Adibara Kim Fenwa. And from me, Laura Woods as well. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace.